0: Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. How many had a great Thanksgiving? Everybody have a great Thanksgiving weekend? we got so much to be thankful for. I hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend. I hope you ate lots of turkey. Come on, anybody eat lots of turkey, lots of pie. I hope you got a nap, watched some football, got up and ate some more pie. Come on, you know what I'm saying? That's what Thanksgiving is really all about. In fact, let's just do a little survey here just for fun here today. How many of you would prefer pumpkin pie? Come on, raise your hand all over there. Oh, I see those hands. I see those hands all over there and put them down. How many are on team pecan? Come on pecan pie all over the room today There will be an altar call at the end of the service and those of you that said pecan pie You have a a chance to get right with jesus. I'm just saying team, team pumpkin all the way. And I love Thanksgiving. I love this time of year. And you know what? Whether you're ready for it or not, the holidays, they are here, y'all. Come on. Whether you're ready for it or not, we, we got a little bit early, even got started on it. We already got the Christmas tree up. How many of you already have a Christmas tree up? Come on, put put your hands up. How many of you are waiting? You're going to do that later. Uh, a few of you procrastinating on that. Or some of you are like, hey, it's not until after Thanksgiving that you can do that. That tends to be the the... side I fall on, but this year, you know, I gave up my Scrooge ways and just let my family do their thing, and the holiday time is here whether you're ready for it or not, and here's the thing, is the more thankful that we are, the more generous we become. How many would agree with me on that? Like, Thanksgiving tends to lead to giving. It tends to lead to generosity, and here's what I want to tell you today before we get into the message in this new series that we're starting today, is that I would challenge every single one of you to be generous, this year, this giving season to really be even more generous than you've ever been before. I would challenge you. If you have not yet gone by the Crestmore tree, I would just say everybody here should go by the Crestmore tree and get one or 10, I don't know, ornaments off of the Crestmore tree. And just let's be a blessing to the people in our community. If you don't know what the Crestmore Christmas is all about, man, the people putting this thing together, Nicole and them, they did an amazing job. And, and, and I noticed in your worship. Guide today. You can even see what Cressmore is all about on this little uh, brochure. And I think everybody, come on, everybody, say, everybody. I think everybody could be involved in this, that we are blessed in order to be a blessing. How many believe that, right? And man, I'm really excited about this series that we're starting today that really has a lot to do with what this holiday season is all about. And really the reason I'm excited about it is because what I'm about to introduce to you today, what we're going to talk about in this next four weeks, I truly believe has the power to change your life. I'm telling you what we're going to talk about over these next four weeks together, I believe is the most important thing that you can have in your life. Come on, have I built it up big enough? Like it is more important than money. It's more important than power. It's more important than fame. I mean, this thing we're going to talk about over this next four weeks is, I mean, it is greater than having all the money in the world, all the friends in the world, the highest position in the world. This thing we're going to talk about, Talk about over the next few weeks. It is like the secret weapon. Everybody, look at your neighbor telling you. You're going to learn the secret weapon. This I'm telling you this is the secret sauce come on of the Christian life the secret weapon this is like the finishing move come on any WWE fans in the house today I mean this is like the stinger splash this is like this is like the people's elbow come on this is the big leg drop can you tell like all of my WWE days were in the 90s you know what I'm saying like this is the finishing move of every single believer, it trumps everything else. You say, pastor, what is it? It's a little word. The title of this series, the word is favor. Everybody say favor, Favor. not flavor. Some of y'all, you said flavor. No, favor, favor, favor. All right. And you say, well, what is this thing called favor and why is it so important in my life? And that's what I want to explore over this next few weeks together. What does it mean to have the favor of God upon our lives. And, and to get us kind of started off, what I'd like to do is just give us kind of a working definition for this series of what this word favor actually means. And here's what I think the favor of God truly means in our life. And that is simply this. God doing for me what I could never do for myself. The favor of God is simply this. When God does for me what I could never do For myself, how many have ever experienced something like that in your life before? Like, like God just shows up and does something in your life in a way that you're like, I can't even explain it. I don't even know how that happened. I could have never done that on my own. I don't deserve that, but it happened. And the only way that I can explain it is just, it's God. Come on, anybody ever been there before? Like I think about my own life and I think about the favor of God that has been on my life. I mean, since the time that I was just a little kid and I think about experiences and times that God has just shown up and God has just done things in my life that I couldn't explain in any other way. But just that was that just had to be God. God, I mean, I look at my life now and I think, man, how did this uh, this this little kid from West Texas, you know, I mean, like how did I get where I am today? And there's only one explanation. The favor of God. Man, I I think about my wife, and I look at her sitting over here on this front row, and I think about how amazing she is. Come on, she's amazing, right, y'all? And I think about how beautiful she is and how, how, you know, just what an incredible person she is. And I think, how did I ever convince her to marry a guy like me? I mean, I far outran my punt coverage. I mean, she is out out of my league and there's only one explanation. It has to be the favor of God. Man, I think about my kids and I, and I look down, and I see my daughter sitting here and I think about my little boy and I think about how smart and how talented and how good looking they are. And I think like, <laughs> like, man, there's only one, maybe two explanations. They got their looks from their mom. And the other explanation is, it's the favor of God, y'all. I look around at our church and I see what God has done in our church and, and I, and I see how it's grown and I look at all your beautiful faces and I think, how, how did I get to be the pastor of this incredible group of people? And I look at it and I go, there's really only one explanation, God doing for me what I could never do for myself, the favor of God upon my life. How many have experienced the favor of God upon your lives? Now, here's, here's what I know. Some of you kick back and you go, well, yeah, I know that's, that's true. But you know, like I've worked for what I have and I've put in, you know, my blood, sweat and tears, you know, that job that I have. Like I worked to get there and I, I worked hard to get her to marry me or whatever, whatever that might be. And that might be true. And you should work hard and I've worked hard too, right? But let's just, let's just be honest. Like even when you work hard, who is it that puts it on the boss's, j- boss's heart to hire you instead of somebody else? Who was it that put it in that client's heart to decide to go with you instead of somebody else? What is it? It's the favor of God. Well, you know, Pastor, I was just at the right time, in the right place, and it just kind of came together. Hey, wait, wait, wait a second. Who was it that put you in the right place at the right time? Come on, right? It's nothing but the favor of God upon our lives. And I want to talk about this, this secret weapon, this secret sauce in the life of the believer over this next several weeks. And I want to talk about what is the favor of God? What are the benefits of the favor of God? How do we get the favor of God? How do we grow in the favor of God? Not just with God, but even grow in favor with people and, and what is God's favor like in our lives? And what we're going to find is this word or this idea of favor actually is found throughout the, the story of Christmas that we're about to celebrate, like throughout this story, we see this word and we see this idea continue to pop up over and over and over. So what we're going to do over these next few weeks is we're just going to look at a few of the famous Christmas stories, as well as a few other stories in the Bible. And we're going to experience what is God's favor and how do we, how do we get it upon our lives? And I want to dive into it for just a little bit this morning. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and turn to Luke. Chapter 2. In verse number 14, a very famous verse of scripture that gets read every year around this time of year, very familiar to all of us. And yet, let me just set it up for just a minute. Here's the shepherds that are out in the field. Come on, you know the story, right? And there they are in the field, tending to their sheep. And all of a sudden, the Bible says, out of nowhere, a great host of angels appears to the shepherds, and the shepherds are like you. And I would have been on that day. They are terrified. Can you imagine if you're just doing your job and all of a sudden angels just appear, right? And there they are. They're scared to death. And the angels begin to speak to the shepherds. And look what they say in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those whom what? Everybody say this. Whom God's favor Rest. Here's the, here's the shepherds and they're scared to death. And the angels say, don't be afraid. You don't have anything to be afraid of. I'm bringing some good news. And what is that good news? That good news is something is about to happen and God's favor is about to rest upon you. What does that mean? Like, what does it mean to have the favor of God resting upon you? I want to take just a few minutes and I want to just share four benefits of the favor of God. Four things that happen when God's favor rests upon us. If you're taking notes, you can write them down. If you're not taking notes, you should be taking notes. You're going to get out of the pastor's favor if you're not. Amen. (laughs) Number one, write it down. Benefits of God's favor is that there is a supernatural peace. Peace. In fact, this is what we see right here in this passage, in the story of the, angel, of the shepherds and the angels on that day. Look what it says in Luke 2.14. It says, glory to God in the highest on earth, what? Everybody say the word. On earth, peace. And who does that peace come to? The Bible says it right there. To those on whom God's favor rests. See, here's the deal. When we have God's favor upon our lives, when we are living in a place underneath the favor of God, here's the benefit. Here's the result of that, that there is a supernatural peace that we begin to experience in our life. And how peaceful is it to know this? Like, think about it, to know that God's favor is on us. Like to know that nothing can touch me. Come on, right? That nothing can harm me. That nothing bad can happen to me to stop me, to keep me from the plan and the purpose that God has for my life. I mean, there is a peace and a confidence that comes in knowing that God's favor is resting upon my life. In fact, I think this is what the Hebrew writer was talking about in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 6. Look what it says. And so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I'll have no fear. I mean, think about that. What kind of confidence does it bring? What kind of peace does it bring in your life to know that God's helping you, that God's with you, that God's favor is resting upon you, that no matter what happens, it can't keep me from what God has prepared and what God has planned and purposed for my life. Think about the supernatural peace that it brings inside. In fact, I I was thinking about this, and it brings back to mind. The time when, it was a few years ago when we were beginning the remodel of this current building that we're in. And I'll just be honest, like, i had never done a building project before. And uh, let's just be real honest, I'm not a builder, okay? Like, I mean, anything that requires tools, I'm terrible at it. My wife just doesn't even let me fix stuff because I break it, make it worse. We have to hire people to come fix it. And so I just don't do it. And so it comes time to remodel this building. And, I'm, and I'll just be honest, like, I'm feeling pretty anxious about it. And I go, man. I just don't know if I can do this. What if I mess it up? What if it doesn't work out? What if it's not right? And so, man, I'm kind of struggling with this. And so one day I began to talk to the the building contractor and I just, he was a buddy of mine too. And so I started just kind of sharing my feelings and I'm anxious. I don't know if I can do this and whatever. And I'll never forget what he said. He looked at me, he said, pastor, here's what you need to know. You don't need to know how to build the building because I do. I'm the builder. So you just trust me and I'll lead it, and together we'll build this building. And I remember thinking, man, what an incredible piece that that brought in my life. That, you know what? I didn't have to know how it all was going to work out. I didn't know, I have to know how to do it all myself. All I needed to know was the person who did know how to do it. And if something messed up, just blame the builder. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> And think about the confidence and the peace that that had, and you know that same confidence kind of carried with me when we started this new building project, and it was a, a different builder, but the same peace that just know I don't know I have to know how to I don't have to know how to do it all. All I have to know is the one who does know how to do it all. And this is what the favor of God is like in our lives, that we don't have to know how everything's going to work out. All we have to know is the one who works it all out. He's the builder, and he's building your life. The Bible says you are God's masterpiece, his workmanship, that you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for you to do. All you've got to do is trust the builder. And when you have his favor upon your life, there is this supernatural confidence and peace that flows from knowing he is in control. See, the favor of God, here's the benefits of the favor of God, that there is a supernatural peace. Number two, write this down. Second benefit of the favor of God is that there is a supernatural protection. Everybody say protection. See, not only is there like a peace and a confidence from knowing that, hey, I'm living under the favor of God. Secondly, here's what I have is I have this protection over my life. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the story of Noah. How many remember the story of Noah? Noah and the Ark. Maybe you learned it when you were in you were in Sunday school or something like that. If you don't know the story, no. like, like the, the Bible says that the world was wicked and evil in every way that God couldn't even find, couldn't even find a single person on the earth that was righteous. And so he decided to bring a flood that would destroy the earth and start over again until he found Noah. And check out what it says about Noah in Genesis chapter six and verse number eight. But God did what? Everybody say he found favor with Noah, that Noah found favor in the eyes of God. And what happened that even though God was going to send a flood, what did he do for Noah? He protected Noah from the flood. And here's what you have to understand about the favor of God. See, some of us think, well, if I have the favor of God, that means I'm not going to have any problems or any storms or any troubles. No, that ain't what it means at all. In fact, Noah had God's favor and still had to go through the greatest storm ever. Right? And let me just tell you something today you're going to have some storms. Even if you have the favor of God on your life, you're going to have some problems. You're going to have some frustrations. You're going to have some struggles. Come on, I got struggles. You got struggles. All God's people got struggles. How many you know what I'm saying? And I know some of you are going, well, Pastor, this is not a very positive message. Be more positive. Okay, I'm positive. You're going to have struggles. <laughs> I mean, it's just the truth. Jesus said it like this. In this world, you will have trouble. But then he says this. Take heart. Everybody say, take heart. Take heart. Take heart. Take heart. Why? Because I have overcome the world. See, here's the deal, is that even with the favor of God upon my life, I'm still going to have some struggles. I'm still going to, like Noah, have to go through some storms. But what did the favor of God bring for Noah, that even though he went through the storm, what happened? God protected him from the storm. God provided a way, a way of protection so that even though he went through the storm, he would come out on the other side. There was a comfort and there was a protection even in the middle of the struggle and the storm. And some of you need to hear this today because some of you are facing some storms and some struggles and some things that have come into your life. And some of you are even maybe questioning, Hey, where's the favor of God? I was trying to serve God. I was trying to do what was right. And if he loved me, why would he let me go through this thing that I'm going through? And here's the deal is, That just because you love God doesn't mean you're not going to have troubles. But here's what it means that when you go through troubles and storms, He's with you and He's protecting you and He's keeping you. Some of you, even right now, you're questioning because you've had some doors that have closed. You wanted those doors to open for you. And you thought, where was God when that door closed? That was my dream. That was the thing that I wanted. And here's what I would tell you. Sometimes a closed door is for your protection. Think about Noah. Bible says he got into the ark, got all his family, all the animals into the ark. And the Bible says that God closed the door. And why did he close the door? To protect him. To protect him from the storm that was coming. Some of you need to hear that today, that God wants to put his favor in your life in a way that would protect you, that not to take you out of the storm, but to protect you and bring you through the storm, that even in unfavorable circumstances, you can still experience the favor of God in your life. See, God's favor. What does it mean? It means that we can have a supernatural peace. Number two, it means that we can have a supernatural protection. Number three, oh, this is my favorite one. I love it. It means that we can have supernatural promotion. Now I love this. Like, we see this throughout the whole Bible, that, that God would just supernaturally, in ways like that you can't even understand, like would do for people what they could never do for themselves. He would just, he would just promote them to levels, to places that they should never even have been. Like, I think about one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible. We're going to talk about it more next week. But in the Old Testament, a guy named Joseph... How many remember that story? Jo- Joseph. I mean, Joseph had some unfavorable circumstances. How many would say? I mean, he had a dream. His brothers didn't like the dream that he, get, that he told them about. So they beat him up, abused him, threw him into a pit, sold him into slavery. I mean, all this bad stuff happens to him. He gets thrown into prison and all of this. And yet, even in the middle of that, you're going to see, first of all, that the scripture says that God was with him through all of that. But then even in the middle of all those difficult circumstances, God just continued to just pray promote him and just kind of lift him up. And here, here he is, he's in Potiphar's house and he's a servant in the house, but suddenly God just lifts him up to be the, to be the leader of the whole house. And then, and then he gets thrown into prison, but even in the prison, like God just lifts him up till he begins to be like the leader in the prison. And then he gets an audience with the King. I mean, just incredible stuff. And then becomes second in command of all of Egypt. And how in the world would any of that ever happen? Only by God. I mean, that kind of stuff just doesn't happen. A servant becomes the head of the whole house. That's only the favor of God. Like a a prisoner gets an audience with the king. That could only be the favor of God. Like like a foreigner, like a Jewish boy becomes the second in command of all of Egypt. That kind of promotion only happens because of the favor of God. And you see it over and over throughout the scripture. You see it with, with men like Daniel. Like, remember his story? And, and, and God promoted him to be one of, the, one of the highest leaders in all of Babylon. Here's a Jewish boy leading in Babylon. How does that happen? Only the favor of God. Think about Esther. I mean, a Hebrew woman who, who in, in Persia becomes, becomes a queen and then even has an audience with the king to even save all of the Hebrews in that Persian empire. And there's only one way that could happen. Supernatural promotion. Yeah. That only comes from the favor of God. Think about Paul. Look what Paul said about it in his, in his life in 1 Corinthians 15, and verse 9. Look what he says. He says, for I am the least of all the apostles... And do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. But by the what? Everybody say these words. By the grace of God, I am what I am. What is Paul saying? Hey, I don't deserve it. I'm the least of the least. And yet here's the guy saying, I'm the least of the least that God uses to write nearly two-thirds of the New Testament that's still influencing our lives today. How does that happen? Paul says, here's how it happens. Only one way, by the grace of God. I think we could substitute the word in there by the favor of God upon his life. What an incredible promise that is. That if we're living under the favor of God, we can experience supernatural promotion. That this week, when you go into that job interview, you can walk in with confidence because you know I'm living under the favor of God and in his time he will bring promotion. That you can have you can have such confident students as you go in to take that test at the end of the semester. You can walk in knowing, first of all, that you studied. Come on, all the parents said amen to that. <laughs> Secondly, knowing that, hey, you know what, I'm a child of God. And I'm living under his favor and he will bring, bring promotion in his way and in his time. You can go to that office and you can lead that, that team. You can step up before those people and give that presentation and you can do it with confidence in your heart, knowing that in God's way, in God's time, he will promote if I live underneath his favor. In fact, I love, I love the way The scripture says it in Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 20 or verse 12. Look what it says. It says a king's rage is like the roar of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. I love the I love the illustration there. How how many ever got up on a on a spring morning? You walk outside and the grass is covered in dew. Like right? And what is what is the dew on the grass? What is it what does it mean for the grass? Well the grass it's watered and it and it turns it turns green and it's it's lush and, and and what did you do in order for that to happen? You didn't do nothing. You just woke up, there it is. Dew on the ground. There it is. <laughs> like you didn't turn on the you didn't turn the sprinklers on? Like you didn't like you didn't have to stand out there with a hose and water? You didn't even have to pay the water bill. Come on, right? Like you got green grass and you didn't do anything. You just let the dude do it. Come on, everybody say, let the dude do it. Come on. <laughs> and here's what the Bible says. That's what the favor of God is like. It's like dew on the grass. That, that there's green grass. There's fruitfulness in your life that really has nothing to do with you. You didn't do it. The dude did it. Come on, right? And that's the favor of God. That oh yeah yeah we should work hard and and there, that's a biblical thing we even just talked about that in our previous series a little while ago what it what it looks like to be successful in God's eyes and it requires work but guess what else it requires it requires the favor of God on our lives that sometimes when we're living under His favor we just wake up in the morning and we didn't do anything to deserve it we, it wasn't because of who we are only because of who He is and how great He is that we can have this confidence in our life that if I'm living under the favor of God. God, then I can experience his supernatural promotion in his way and in his time if I will just trust in him. See, this is what favor is all about. This is why it's so life-changing. Because if I'm living under the favor of God, here's what I have. Man, I can walk in a supernatural peace. I can live with his supernatural protection around me. I can, I can flow in his supernatural promotion as he promotes me to the next level every single time in his timing. Number four, write it down. What does the favor of God mean? It means supernatural provision. Not just peace, not just protection or promotion, but, but provision. In fact, when I think about this, I think about the story of Moses. And Moses had a big job to do. God put it, put it on Moses' heart. God spoke to him at the burning bush and said, I want you to take and I want you to deliver, to deliver my people from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. man, you talk about a big task. In fact, it was so big that Moses didn't think he could do it. He said, I can't do that. This is too big for me. I don't speak well. I'm not a good leader. I don't know how to do it. And he he said to God, he said, I can't do it unless you go with me. And look what God says to him in Exodus chapter 33. Check it out in verse number 14 and verse 17. And the Lord replied, I will personally go with you. Moses, I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. And look what it says in verse number 17. I will indeed do what you ask for. I look, look at this word, for I look favorably upon you and I know you by name. God said, I look on your life, and here's what's going to happen. I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to provide for every need as you do what I'm calling you to do. Why? For this one simple reason. Because I know you, and I've seen your life, and I look favorably upon you. And you see it over and over in the story of Moses as he leads the Israelites out of slavery in in, in Egypt every single time that they needed something. God provided it. When they need a direction, what do he do? Supernaturally, gives them a cloud. Gives them a fire to direct them. When they needed when they needed food, what did he do? Supernaturally. They didn't even have to work for it. They'd just go out and there it is on the, on the ground. Manna, like they just pick it up and eat it. When they got tired of that, he sent them quail. Supernaturally provided for their need. When they needed water, supernaturally, all he had to do was speak to the rock. And the water came flowing out of the rock. When they needed clothes for the journey, 40 years are going to be in the wilderness and they have no clothes. Guess what he did? He made the clothes that they had not wear out. The shoes on their feet didn't get holes in them for 40 years years, supernaturally over and over and over, God provided for their need. Why? Because his favor was upon Moses. And some of you are here today and man, you're looking at your life and you go, man, I need some provision. Some of you are looking at your finances. Some of you are not excited about the holiday season coming because you know it means I've got to buy gifts and I don't have the money to do that and there's too much month at the end of the money and I'm stressed about all the financial situation and here's what I want to tell you is that if you live under the favor of God, if His favor is resting upon your life, here's what you can know. Here's the promise that He has given that He will provide for every single one of your needs. Now, that doesn't mean like, hey, you know, God, give me a brand new car. That's not what I'm talking about. Rolex on my arm. No, 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 no. That's not the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. No, no, that, not that kind of stuff. Here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about whatever you need when you're living under his provision and his protection and under his favor. He will provide every single one of your needs. The Bible says, according to his riches in glory, in Christ Jesus. David said it like this, I've been young and I've been old and I've never yet seen the righteous forsaken or the seed begging for bread. Here is the benefit of the favor of God that if I live underneath the favor, if his favor is resting upon my life, I can have a supernatural peace and confidence. I can have a supernatural protection that no matter what I go through, man, he's not going to get me because he's going to work it all together for my good, that in his time, he will supernaturally promote me to where he wants me to be in the way that he wants it to be. And he will supernaturally provide for every single one of my needs. So Some of you say, oh, that sounds great, Pastor. How do I get some of that favor stuff, you know? Well, next week, I'm going to dive into it. I'm going to talk to you about how do I position myself in a place where I live underneath the favor of God. But today, I just want to tell you this. Here's where it starts. It all starts with Surrender. If you want to have his favor in your life, here's where it starts, right here. An attitude of surrender. In fact, it, it reminds me of the story that we tell every year this time of year. Mary, the mother of Jesus. You may remember the angel appears to Mary. says, you're going to have a son, and his name is going to be Jesus, and he's going to be the savior of the world. And the angel uses some, some interesting language in this verse in Luke chapter 1 and verse 28. I want you to see what it says. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Why did, why did God choose Mary? Have you ever thought about that? Why did he choose her? He could have chosen all the people in the world, and then he chose her. I don't know for sure why, but I, I, I think that there's some clues to it right here in this passage that, that what the angel said was, You are favored. God has picked you. He has, he has favored you. And I think one of the reasons that He picked Mary was because of Mary's response in verse 38. And this is what Mary said I am the Lord's servant. May your words to me be fulfilled. In other words, Jesus said, Whatever you want, that's what I'll do. I'm surrendered fully to you. And I think maybe just maybe that's the reason God chose Mary because he looked down and he saw her heart and he, saw, he showed favor upon her because she had a heart that he knew whatever he told her to do, she'd just say, I'm your servant. And can I tell you today, oh, there's some different traits and some different things that we can do that will help us to receive and be in a position to receive God's favor. And we'll talk about that more next week. But can I tell you, it starts right here by just like Mary, being able to say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I am your servant. May it be unto me what you have.